Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is dealing with disappointment. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for listening to my show today. We've been covering some dealing with topics over the last few weeks. We had addiction, we had anger, we had jealousy, and today we're wrapping it up with dealing with disappointment. Now, if you're anything like me, you've had a few. You're going to continue to have some because that's what it's like to live life, right? We are hurt by other people. We're disappointed in people's actions towards us and Webster's Dictionary describes that word disappointment as the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. People's situations, circumstances will disappoint us, and sometimes in dark circumstances and trials, we can even feel hurt and disappointed by God. Think about this past week, what's been happening in your world where you feel disappointed. When I think about the world situation, well, I feel discouraged. Aren't you? In my era, we'd never think about disrespecting veterans or flags or our president. And I certainly was disappointed when I heard from the Washington Post that a lawyer from CBS came on after the horrific mass shooting in Las Vegas and told people she had no sympathy for the victims since it was most assuredly Republicans there for a country western concert. Now, if you want me to back that up with a little proof, here's your proof. Their words, quote, and I am quoting from the newspaper, CBS fired a company executive Monday after she criticized some victims of the Las Vegas mass shooting as Republican gun-toters who did not deserve sympathy. How ludicrous. Well, that was incredibly disappointing. It wasn't disappointing that CBS actually let her go. When I think about my work relationships, I can tell you I'm disappointed frequently. On any given day, I'll have at least five people who are in leadership or ministry or somebody running a business, church land, they won't call back. They won't respond to me with emails or text messages. You need them, they don't answer. That's disappointing. As a mom, I feel disappointed in things that happen to my kids. Recently, someone was so mean to my daughter, just snapped at her for no reason, and I felt really bad. As a wife, I don't like it when people are unkind towards my husband, Farmer Dean. That's disappointing. Day in and day out, life brings disappointment. With your job, your coworker, well, they could be unkind, or maybe they took the credit for something you did. With your church, maybe your pastor made a slam against a motivational religious leader that you like to listen to and they think is watered down. Or with your kids, maybe they forgot your birthday. Maybe your spouse didn't get to go someplace with you because they had to work. Or maybe your family doesn't get along. Maybe some of those examples resonate in your heart today. Maybe sometimes things are really tough for you and you just feel disappointed. Now you're going to hear me say that word over and over because it's true. We're talking about disappointment. Recently, my middle daughter, a doctor, called me and said, Mom, I'm disappointed in everybody but you. Whoosh, I was glad it wasn't me. That was the good news and the bad news. As we discussed the core root of her disappointment, we found out together that people's lack of interest in each other is more prevalent in today's society. Why? 
You'd think that all of the ways to communicate, Instagram, Facebook, text message, live chat, Snapchat, and emails would all bring everyone together. Instead, there is so much to offer that people can't keep up. I know as one person running an organization, it's not easy for me. I post, I call, I text, I write, and it keeps coming. Responsibilities are never ending. But I made a pact with myself. I answer. I respond. If you want to treat people with respect and be respected, answer people. Disappointment's not new. It doesn't fall into a category of race or creed, nationality, gender, religious viewpoint. It falls into the category of everyone, everywhere. We're all affected. But how do we deal with it? How do we respond? Martin Luther King Jr. once said, There can be no deep disappointment where there is not deep love. Let me share some examples with you about my life first, and then we'll go to Scripture to find out what Jesus says about disappointments. First of all, I think back about a couple of years ago when I started my radio show. I was absolutely ecstatic that John Jennings, my producer and owner of this station here, gave me a chance. But I connected with a big city's radio station to see if they would pick up the show. And the general manager there led me along. Do this. Send in that. Talk about this. Mail us your books. On and on and on it went. And after months of this, the manager called me and said, you know, Kathy, you just have a normal people on your show. Come back when you have a following and you have big names. I told him about the few big names that God's provided here on our show. And he said, why would I want your show when I have an award-winning show right now with a woman already? Disappointment. I thought, couldn't you be a little bit more savvy with your words? Second situation, I remember hearing about a young man in my hometown who was belittled by the teachers in school. Now I'm talking Clorinda, I'm not talking here in Benson. They didn't like him. They told him frequently because of his behavior, he would never amount to anything in life. And you might think, wow, that's your teachers? Oh yeah, that was the teachers. They criticized continually and they pushed him down. Disappointment. Couldn't you believe in him and see what happens with positive words? Here's my third example. Long before Farmer Dean, I saw a kind forest ranger for a while. He was a divorcee with a 10-year-old. We were friends, but I was interested in something more. He continually cared about me, supported me, listened to me, and prayed for me. One day after about six months, he called and said, I don't like that whole blended family thing. It's not going to work. You just don't do it for me. Sorry. And he hung up the phone. Disappointment. Couldn't he have let me down a little bit more gently? Disappointment sometimes holds hands with rejection, doesn't it? And as I look at those three examples, I see similarities. Do you? First of all, none of those things worked out the way I thought they should. Secondly, someone else was not acting the way I wanted them to act. Third, someone else was inflicting inconvenience or pain on me or someone near me. Four, Webster's right. The feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations really is what it's all about. You know what I wanted in those situations? I wanted for the school to treat Bob with respect. I wanted the radio station to say, we'll air your show and we think that you're doing a good job. And I definitely wanted the forest ranger to like me. But none of it worked the way I planned. But here's how it did work. 
The radio station, well, it made me work harder, and I just celebrated my 100th episode. I didn't quit, and just because I can, I made my tagline, Everyday Radio for Everyday People. I believe that everyday people have as much knowledge as anybody else that's famous, and sometimes maybe more. Number two, Bob. Well, Bob from Iowa grew up and he graduated. And guess what he did? He purchased a huge piece of property directly across from the school where the people that were there, the teachers told him he was never going to amount to anything. And he started and he owns and he manages a big business in the town. And guess what? He built a huge house overlooking the school so that he would be reminded of where he was and who he was and where he is now. And so the teachers would be reminded that, wow, he did make something out of himself. Number three, I met Farmer Dean. He wasn't a forest ranger, and that was a really good thing for me. Instead, he was a great farmer and an incredible worker for the post office. And I think he's really good at delivering mail and encouraging people throughout the day. I realized that he was perfect for me. And he didn't need to do anything extra special. He was just who he was, and he wasn't like the ranger. Sometimes stressful and painful situations can actually help us grow. John Ortberg, my favorite pastor, author, and speaker, creates this scenario about disappointments. So let's just kind of put our imagination right into this spot so it will help us understand. Imagine that you're handed a script of your newborn child's entire life. Better yet, You're given an eraser and five minutes to edit out whatever you want. You read that he or she will have a learning disability in grade school. Reading, which comes easily for some kids, will be laborious for that child of yours. In high school, he or she will make a great circle of friends. Then one of them will die of cancer. After high school, your child will get into their preferred college. But while there, they will lose a leg in a car accident. Following that, they'll go through a difficult depression. A few years later, your child will get a great job and then lose that job in an economic downturn. They'll get married and then go through the grief of separation. With this script of your child's life and five minutes to edit it, what would you erase? Psychologist Jonathan Haidt poises this question in this hypothetical exercise. So wouldn't you want to take out all the stuff that would cause them pain? If you could erase every failure, disappointment, and period of suffering, would that be a good idea? Would that cause them to grow into the best version of themselves? Is it possible that we actually need adversity and setbacks, that we need to walk through disappointment, maybe even crisis and trauma, to reach the fullest potential of development and growth? John Artberg contends that God doesn't always erase all our stress and pain and disappointment before it starts. Instead, God can use the failures, the disappointments, and the periods of suffering to help us grow. John writes, God isn't at work producing the circumstances I want. God is at work in bad circumstances to produce the me he wants. Okay, that's so great. I have to read it again. God isn't at work producing the circumstances that I want. God is at work in bad circumstances to produce the me he wants. How do you feel about that? What do you think about those words? Look at my examples, and we can already see this to be true. In the first scenario, I kept working, even though the radio guy just didn't like my show. 
I felt a push to prove to him that Susie Sunshine that lives right here in Benson, Minnesota, and boy, am I ever proud of it. We have a great community. I live a regular life without notoriety. I can offer some things to people who are listening because I know about them. And my friends and some of the people that aren't famous can offer great words of wisdom as well. So I just kept working hard to bring to life the things that you hear and hopefully, Lord willing, are encouraging you. In the second situation, the criticism propelled the young man into working harder to prove himself. Remember, the teacher's telling him every day, you're not going to amount to anything. Well, he took that and he said, no, I don't agree with you and I'm going to prove you wrong. And he succeeded. Lastly, the disappointment of the relationship not working out really was the best for everybody. I can't imagine my life without Dean. I certainly wouldn't have had a church or a cabin, and I might not have even had a ministry or written five books or had this radio show. Who knows? But I'm a better person because of how God worked through that. Could God have saved me from the pain and disappointment? Of course. But did he have a bigger plan? Of course he did. Scripture tells us in Isaiah 55, 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, and that's God talking to us, higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friends, the world's not perfect, and you and I are not perfect. People are going to disappoint us. But as we start to realize that disappointments around everyone and around our corners of life, at least I hope that we're going to remember that God has a purpose for us to learn and grow always. How can we do that if everything in life is easy and perfect? People are going to let us down. People are going to hurt us. It's inevitable. Psalm 118.8 says it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. We're starting to understand disappointment, but when we come back after the song, we're going to think about how to deal with it and what we can learn from God and his word. Right now, let's take a minute and listen to this song by Kim Hill. It's one of my absolute favorites. I'm pulling it out of the dusty corners of my CD player here because it reminds me that we need to put our trust in God. We need to find a way to deal with disappointment. And here's what I know, that there are times when we feel alone. God allows that. There are times when we think the disappointment's just going to take over our world and we'll never be able to get back up. But God brings life to us, and sometimes he allows us to feel alone so that we will trust in him alone. Here's the song by Kim Hill called You Alone. I lift my eyes when I am troubled. In you alone, 
Listeners, I love that song. Isn't it beautiful? What an incredible voice that Kim Hill has and what gentle, soothing words. As we look at scripture, what characters face disappointment? Well, let's start at the beginning of the Bible. When you open it up, you have God feeling disappointed, I'm sure. He faced disappointment when Adam and Eve disobeyed, and that started everything out. Then we turn to Noah when no one else believed about an ark, or Moses when he came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments and people had built an idol, or Daniel when they threw him in the lion's den for worshiping God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown in the fiery furnace for worshiping God, Jonah when God asked him to do something and he told him it wouldn't matter, and Jonah did it and he kind of didn't think it mattered, Esther when the evil Haman decided all Jews should be killed, Samson, when Delilah tricked him and they poked out his eyes and imprisoned him. The list goes on and on. Every single one of those characters face disappointments because they're human beings, and that's only a few characters in the Old Testament. But I want to take a moment and talk to you about how to deal with disappointments, and I believe that one of the best characters to give us an example is one that I've talked about several times, and that's because I really feel like I love the story the most, and that's Joseph. And the story comes from the book of Genesis, and for those of you that are familiar with Joseph's story, perhaps via Donnie Osmond's um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Coat, it's a great story. Joseph has 11 brothers, and the 12 of them make up the 12 tribes of Israel. The 10 of Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. 
and they threw him in a pit. He's got a fabulous coat. I don't know why his daddy decided to give it just to him. It created a problem right there. It's got beautiful colors. Everybody else is dressed in a drab blah color, and they don't like it because he's kind of a little boasty. So they're jealous. They don't like him. They feel bad. They throw him in a pit. They leave him there to die. Talk about disappointment. How can people be hateful like that? Well, Joseph doesn't escape. But instead, he gets brought out of that pit and sold into slavery. He has a promising career with his family at home as a shepherd. And now he's a servant waiting on people. When God gives him success with Potiphar, his boss, Potiphar's wife, lies about him. And Joseph ends up in jail. Disappointment. How can people lie like that? God gives him success in jail, and he helps a baker and a taste tester. The baker gets out of jail and forgets to tell anybody about Joseph and how he is serving time for a crime he didn't commit. But God blesses Joseph, and he gets out to work with the king, the king of Egypt, King Pharaoh. You see, there's a famine in the land, and Joseph is smart enough to know what to do. All of the people from surrounding countries are coming to buy food, including Joseph's brothers, because Pharaoh has put Joseph in charge. The brothers show up, and this is where the story gets really good. When I tell you this story so far, do you feel kind of mad and disappointed with Joseph? Maybe a little sad for him? Good grief. He's thrown in a pit, thrown in a prison. And the next thing that happens is he's walking the palace floors. See, God worked through those disappointments, didn't he? Joseph had every right to be disappointed in people. But here's the example of what it means to rise above disappointment, to look for the good in life, and to believe that God is in the middle of problems, turning it around for your good. Here's what Joseph says in Genesis 45, 5 and 6. And now do not be distressed. He's talking to his brothers. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been no a famine in the land, no food. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. Genesis 45, 7 has the most fabulous verse ever of the story. But God sent me ahead of you, Joseph's telling his brothers, to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God Are you following what Joseph's saying? He's saying that even though it was disappointment after disappointment because of how people acted, God knew what was going to happen, and he allowed those disappointments because he had a better plan. He's working above all of our cruddy attitudes. He's working behind the scenes. He's helping make things better. When people are walking alongside of you and they're doing things that are wrong, and you think, how are they going to get away with that? Well, Let me tell you that God sees, and he knows, and he's not going to let them get away. Disappointments are going to come. How do we deal with them like Joseph did? Well, he had a really great attitude. Never once in that story do we read that he fussed or complained or got angry. He was frustrated, but he followed God's lead. He kept a positive attitude. And when the trouble came, he just kept moving forward. Here are steps for you to take the next time that you're dealing with disappointment. Number one, identify why you're disappointed. 
I think that's the smartest thing. If you're feeling bad, figure out why. Why does this make you feel bad? And pinpoint where that feeling's coming from. Is it because you have unrealistic expectations? I think sometimes it is for me. Sometimes I think, wow, this is what's going to happen. And it's really kind of a crazy creation in my own brain. Or is it because someone didn't actually show up and do something they said they would? Is it something that the person doesn't even know you're feeling badly? Maybe. Identify the issue. Number two, determine whether or not you want to confront that person. If you are confronting, think it out and give the person a couple of reasons why you felt it was unfair and why you're disappointed. Number three, decide if you're going to depend on that person again. When we rely on others, we become vulnerable. And if they continue to fail you, you may want to decide that maybe it's not worth it. Maybe they're unreliable and don't bother to expect anything. Number four, ask God for help. Trust his hand over your life and move forward. Scripture tells us that God's plans for us are for good. He's always about working things out the way he needs to, to make us stronger, better, our best. Next time the disappointments come, don't be shocked or scared or frazzled. Remember that some of God's best work comes from when we're let down. In those moments, we can rely on God alone for our comfort, source, and help. He's helping understand human life, and it's a good lesson for us to remember to be responsible to others. One of my favorite Christian authors, Catherine Marshall, says this about disappointments. Of course she'll encounter trouble, but behold a God of power who can take any evil and turn it into a door of hope. John Ortberg says, when the Spirit flows in you, you are given power to become the person God designed. You become you-ier. That's kind of funny, isn't it? You-ier. And the reason he says that is because when we're allowing God's Holy Spirit to flow with us, to work with us, to take and make things better, even though we're feeling discouraged, he's going to make us better. It's time to get focused on your purpose and your plan and don't focus on others and if they're meeting your needs or expectations because truthfully, nobody is perfect. There are going to be times when you feel encouraged because somebody showed up, somebody did what they were supposed to, somebody did it better than you thought they would. And then there are going to be times when people let you down and you're going to feel disappointed. But I gave you some steps to deal with that disappointment and I reminded you that God doesn't leave you And I told you about Joseph, my favorite story, and how he acted really, really positive and didn't grumble or complain. So friends, today I just want to close by reminding you that God is with you. He is not going to leave you. And you might get disappointed in what you think he's doing or not doing, but the truth is he's always for good in your life. For I know the plans I have for you, God says plans to give you a future and a hope. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, we're overwhelmed with the disappointments in life. It's easy to feel swallowed up by them. And being discouraged and depressed when people let us down is just the way that we feel. I pray today that you will allow all of us to see you working in our lives, that we won't give up, that we'll be positive like Joseph, that we'll push forward amidst the trials and disappointments. I pray that you will help us to love others and be responsible to our words and to be focused on the fact that we are not going to be disappointing, 
that we're going to do our best to fulfill our word. I ask today that you will encourage the listeners out there who feel like there's no one to depend on, or maybe perhaps the person they depended on the most really let them down. Help them to forgive. Help us to turn to you, you alone, so we will trust that you are faithful. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Best life.